you know, our firms do lots of deals and a lot of those deals are core fact to whoever, but right. the, the deals that are in the system now, it, and it warms my heart when I see this, it's just, there's more yeah. core fact to core fact deals going on. Yeah. And that means yeah. we're doing a better job as an organization saying, look, you join this network for a reason, use it, you know, and yeah. people have different reasons why they join networks. I mean, some of them do it because they want to do deals. I mean, I would think all of them do it because they want to do deals, but some of them do it because they want to look bigger than they are. And and that comes down to when they're competing against, you know, a Jones Lang LaSalle or a CBRE or one of the bigger shops right. that they yes. can walk into that presentation and go, hey, we've got 75 offices around the world too. You know, we, we can service you anywhere. So welcome to the Mastering Property Management Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Sarbit. Join me as we delve into candid conversations with industry experts to uncover their strategies and insights for achieving success in property management. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, let's elevate your property management skills together. Hi, everybody. This is Jared Sarbit with Mastering Property Management. Today, I have the great honor of having Jonathan Salk on. Uh, Jonathan Salk is the uh, CEO of Corfac, an international commercial real estate network with 75 offices around the world. Um, he is, uh, brings tons of value, uh, connected globally and Jonathan, thank you so much for, for coming on the show. My pleasure. Awesome. Uh, so Jonathan, why don't you kind of take me through, um, you know, a little bit of your story to begin, uh, you know, what got you into the world of commercial real estate in the first place? You know, what are some of your major milestones along the way? How did you reach your current level of success as CEO of Corfac? Yeah, thanks, Jared. Um, so it... <laughs> It's not a normal journey. And, and the first thing I'll say as a qualifier is I'm not a practitioner. I've been doing, I've been in the commercial real estate space for about 35 years. So I understand the business, but I'm not a, a transaction guy. Um, that said, when I got out of grad school many years ago, uh, my dad kept on saying, you got to go down to this building on the University of Chicago campus and check it out. Cause I thought I was going to get into government work. And there were all these different not-for-profit associations. So long story short, I ended up working seven years for a group called the American Public Works Association, who I met my mentor there, and she ended up going to the CCIM Institute. Uh, I don't know whether you're familiar with that, but it's a designation in commercial real estate. Sandy Schindelman, one of your past yes. folks, holds that. Yes. Um, yeah. And she recruited me over, and I spent 18 and a half years of my life there. Uh, left there as CEO, went to the National Association of Realtors for four years to do something that was incredibly cool that you just don't get a chance to do in most lifetimes. And that was build a build a graduate program in real estate from the ground up, along with the help of others, of course, but um, spent four years there. And now I've been at uh, Corfac for uh, nine years. Hard to believe. So um, it, it's been a fun ride. And if you had asked me 40 years ago, whether I thought I'd be a not-for-profit association guy, I would have looked at you and said, what the heck is that? So um, it's it's been fun. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. And, and and so personally, again, you know, like like you, you've uh, kind of climbed the ranks quite well, uh, been in some very senior roles along the way. Um, what are your, some of your personal character qualities that, that, that you think that got you to the, the heights that you have? You know... <sighs> I don't, I don't take things too seriously. And that's, that's not meant to say that I don't take my job or my kids or my grandkids or my life seriously, but 
I, I, I don't, I don't overreact typically. Um, I think if you talk to my, my family, they'd say I'm pretty even keel most of the time. Um, it, it's an overused expression, but I, I am a good listener. And I, I think that's probably the most important thing in any career you're in is, you know, you find a lot of people who just can't wait to talk. And sometimes it's, it's good to just sit back and, and soak it all in be, before you, you make a decision. Um, and I, I would say the, probably one of the most important things um, is surrounding yourself with good people. I mean, yeah. you know, if you don't have that, if you don't have people that make you look good and provide you with perspective and, and don't just, aren't just yes people and that say, Hey, Jonathan, you know, maybe you should rethink that. Then, you know, you're, you're not doing yourself justice. So, um, yeah, if you threw a few things out at you, but probably the last one is, is the most important. Amazing. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's amazing how much momentum you can get by putting, putting yourself around people that are well, at least smarter than me. I can't speak for you, but, um, you know, that it, go, it goes a long way and people that, that are not single fats that aren't going to tell you just what you want to hear. Right. I, I agree. I agree. Amazing. Amazing. Let's, let's dig into, um, Corfac a bit. Um, you know, this, this is a property management podcast and Corfac isn't exactly a property in the property management world per se. Uh, but you are in the real estate world and you affect a lot of property managers indirectly, uh, which is why this is so valuable to have you on. Um, you know, tell me more about, you know, how Corfac benefits the private, privately held commercial real estate firms, you know, um, and why would, why would, uh, someone become a member of Corfac? Yeah. And I don't know whether this is important or not, but, um, Corfac is 35 years old this year. Um, and its roots are in SIOR, which is another designation in commercial real estate, which Sandy Schindelman also holds that designation. Mm -hmm. But 36 years ago, there was a small group of SROR sitting around an SROR conference, and they said, we think there's room for another network. Hmm. And I would say the main reason for that is they didn't want to get, and this is not a slam at the bigger networks, they just didn't want to be in, you know, the, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, just something that was so big that they couldn't accomplish what they wanted to accomplish. And our members are fiercely independent. Um, so when a firm joins, they want to maintain their name. They want to maintain their identity. Um, one of the main things that started within Corfac when it began was, you know, the headquarters does not get a piece of the action. So, any deals that are done between our members stays within our members. And that's always been true of Corfac and always, always will be. Um, while we are not a property management per se network. Um, so I've been here nine years. I would say in that nine years, the, our firms that do property manage, management has grown dramatically to where now probably 30 to 35% of them do property management. So while the, you know, why the roots are in SIOR, which would infer that it's office and industrial, um, 
we have a big presence at ICSC in Las Vegas. Uh, we, our retail side is growing. Our property management side is growing. Our development side is growing. So while the you know the the basic food groups, office, industrial, retail are the ones that still are what are the majority of our firms do. We have started to do all those other things that I mentioned. Um, and, and I would say, you know, and it's probably an overused phrase, but our members like each other a lot. And yeah, you join a network because you want to do deals together, but I can't tell you how many of our members just go on vacation together and, and have cocktails together and just like being together. You know, every bit as important as doing the deals. And I think if you ask Sandy this question, he would say is uh, sharing best practices. So, you know, knowing that someone can go into the database and send a note out to all Corfac members and say, hey, I'm having this issue. Have any of you guys ever had this issue? If so, can you help me out? Or I could use a sample lease agreement. Can someone send me one? Um, one of the first things one of our past presidents said to me when I started here was he uses the Corfac network as his board of directors. So if he's got a, an issue or a problem, like I just mentioned, he knows that he can fire something out to the entire network and within 24 hours, he's going to get 10 or 12 responses back. So I, I rambled a yeah. little bit there, but no, not at all. That there, there's a ton of value there. Uh, and, and can you kind of delve into, you've kind of mentioned a little bit, but um, a little bit of the services that, that Corfac pr provides, um, like what, what is the value that, you know, beyond creating the community um, uh, from what I've seen on your website, there's, there's a certain amount of services and support systems that you provide there. Can you, can you touch on that a little bit? Yeah. And, and Corfac, you know, we don't have the deep pockets of some of the other organizations. So we're always looking of how we can add value to our members. So in about six weeks, we're doing our spring conference in Dallas. And then in, we do two conferences a year. And then in the fall, we have one at Atlanta. And our members come together for about two and a half, three days. And they, they uh, share best practices. They listen to education programs. They socialize. We always try to do something that's unique to the city that we go to. You'll appreciate this, Jared. When we did our when we did our conference in Toronto several years ago, we had an uh, a, an event at the Hockey Hall of Fame, and it was it, oh, yeah. it was fabulous. So we always try to do something yeah. like that. Um, yeah. But you know the conferences are twice a year, so we've also done regional conferences occasionally. Uh, we do at least monthly Zoom programs for our members. Um, actually, who um, is going to do a session for us in a couple of months on succession planning. You know, uh, a lot of the guys who run our companies look like me. You know, they're not getting any younger. And right. they're trying to figure out, okay, what's going to happen? How am I going to provide a piece of the company to some of the younger guys who are here? So we'll do sessions mm -hmm. like that. We'll have an economist come in and do a session. We'll, we'll do sessions specifically on retail, uh, occasionally on property management. So, mm. uh, and we've worked out, we've worked out deals with different technology companies and education companies where, because you're a Corfac member, you get 10% off on a product or service. So we're always looking for stuff like that. Um, uh, and, and a lot of our firms do market reports too. 
you know, which they share with all the other offices in the network. So that that keeps people up to speed. And we and our conferences, we do deal making sessions where we talk about deals in the network and how they came about and how they evolved. So, again, I feel like I'm I'm rambling. No, here, but no, 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 no. This is good. This is what the listeners need to hear. They, they need to know why they would become a member. So very good. Thank you. Um, so, um, you know, you guys are in uh, 70 countries, correct? Well, we're not in 70 countries. We're the majority of our firms are in North America. Okay. But we have offices. So I would say two thirds of our firms are North America, including Mexico, okay. the US and Canada. And then the okay. remaining third are in primarily Europe, but we're growing quite a bit in Asia, in Latin America, which is exciting to watch. And, you know, it's funny when I started nine years ago and my, the thing I like to do most is business development. Right. And when I started nine years ago, most of the looking for new firms was outreach by me. And I still do that, but it's it's really fun to see how so many firms are coming to us now and saying, yeah. I heard about you through Jared's podcast. I, I saw you sure. on social media. I did. And yeah. it, it's helped us grow. I mean, we we added nine new firms last year. Uh, we're about to add within the first couple months of this year, another three or four. So it's, it's fun to watch. And, you know, we're not just looking to put dots on a map. I mean, we're really, when, when a firm approaches us or we approach a firm, they submit an application. We have a call, we have a zoom call and talk with them. And then if it feels right for both sides, we will go to that firm in whatever market they're in, um, and go visit with them for a day and we'll have okay. dinner and we'll talk with them because it's, you know, it, it's gotta be right for both sides. So it's, yeah. uh, it's been fun watching the growth all over domestically, internationally. Um, as I said, we're, we're growing in Europe a lot. We do, we do regular zoom calls probably every other month with our international members just to keep them in touch with one another. We do a summer European meeting where our European folks come together. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it, it's been fun to watch and, you know, it, it takes a while for people to get comfortable with one another and it, it, it's happened a lot recently. Yeah. Amazing. And, and, and thanks for correcting me. It's 75 offices that you have, but not, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Um, so, so what strategies does Corfac employ, uh, you know, to stay abreast of the market trends, provide clients uh, with the most up-to-date information in the areas of their real estate decisions? Well, I, at the risk of repeating what I said a minute ago, you know, we do it at the conferences, yeah. two conferences a year. We do yeah. at least monthly Zoom calls where we have topics on all sorts of different, yeah. different um, topics. We we occasionally do regional uh, conferences where people come together. As I said, a lot of our firms do market reports, which we share, um, all of our firms. So, you know, we do our best to, to try to keep people up to speed of what's going on um, at the national, international, regional, local level. 
Awesome. Awesome. Very good. Um, how, how does Corfax strategically, strategically expand uh, its global presence? Um, you know, what challenges and opportunities arise when, when providing uh, real estate services on international scale? Yeah, I would say, um, again, it kind of falls in with what's happened domestically. I mean, it's really interesting that more firms are coming to us and saying, I saw you, you know, on social media. Um, we also have our current international firms that have connections with other firms in other markets. So we're always challenging our firms to think, we, always, we use the expression hashtag think Corfac first, um, to always think not only about if you got a deal, you know, make sure you think about it using a Corfac firm, but also are there other firms out there that might benefit or we might benefit by having them part of the network. Right. Um, and, and I would say when I started nine years ago, um, the international side was pretty strong. And we've had some really amazing chair chairman of our international committee that have done a fabulous job of engaging our international members. And before it used to be a long time ago, they would just see one another at, at this European summer meeting, or they would see each other at the conferences in the U.S. And, you know, when COVID hit, it was, <laughs> I don't think anybody's ever said this, it was almost a blessing because we started using Zoom and these people started mm -hmm. seeing each other more. And, right. and I would say the only thing different from the U.S. in terms of cultivating more international partners is it's just taken time because they don't see you see each other as much but now mm -hmm. they see each other regularly um and they're getting to know one another and they're getting to trust one another yeah. and know that yeah. you know if they go in if they have needs in a different market they're going to get the same service and quality that they would do that they would get if someone came to them if that makes sense mm. yeah absolutely do you see a lot of uh trade uh, and deals, transactions being made internationally throughout Corfac members? A lot more than there were just a few years ago. So, wow. you know, are there the hundreds of deals like there are domestically? Not yet. You know, mm -hmm. we'll see at our spring conference coming up, we give awards for the biggest deals in industrial office, retail and international. And when we came up with the international one a few years ago, there weren't a lot to consider. And now we've got a bunch mm. and it's, it's exciting. Wow. So again, yeah. things have started to grow, mm. um, not only international to international and domestic to domestic, but domestic to international. Um, yeah. you know, there's, I, I would say not many years ago, some of our members were in the mindset, like I'm never going to do an international deal. And, and that's changed. Um, you know, it's, we've got a great group internationally, just like we do domestically. Yeah. What do you, what do you think has changed? Is it because Corfac has opened up that market for them or is it because the, just the global uh, access to, you know, different, different international markets has changed or why is it, why do you think that's changed? I, I think it's as simple as getting to know one another. Because yeah. as I mentioned, you know, before COVID, when you were having conference calls, they were your, your old school conference calls. I mean, you, you weren't yeah. seeing people yeah. and now you're seeing them 
And when you see them every couple of months on a Zoom call, when you're giving updates on different markets, people start to go, oh, yeah, I remember him. You know what? I've got a potential deal that's going to come up in the, in that in that market soon. And I, I think it's just familiarity. Um, and, you know, the other thing, and it, it's been fun to watch from the business development side or the, the business deal side, is the number of deals that are being done now, Corfac to Corfac. You know, our firms do lots of deals. And a lot of those deals are Corfac to whoever. But right. the, the deals that are in the system now, it, and it warms my heart when I see this, it's just there's more yeah. Corfac to Corfac deals going on. Yeah. And that means yeah. we're doing a better job as an organization saying, look, you join this, you join this network for a reason use it yes um, yeah so you know and yeah. people have different reasons why they join networks i mean some of them do it because they want to do deals i mean i would think all of them do it because they want to do deals but some of them do it because they want to look bigger than they are and mm. no and and that comes down to when they're competing against uh um you know a jones anglo sale or a cbre or one of the bigger shops right. that they yes. can walk into that presentation and go um, hey, we've got 75 offices around the world too. You know, we can serve it. We can service you anywhere. So amazing, amazing. Um, this wasn't on my list, but as you talk, this, this question comes to my mind personally. If if um, if there was an unlimited amount of money, um, and if you had, uh, what do you? For, where? What part of the world would you invest in? And and you know, or what what, what markets are you seeing that are highly desirable right now or is it kind of equal across the board or so we've got 75 offices we're never going to yeah. have 150 offices it's just not who we are okay except for two markets we only have one one office per market so and in atlanta and chicago we've got two and the reason that works is because one does strictly industrial one does strictly office they play nice. They don't get in each other's way. So I just want to clarify that, you know, if someone opens a, an office in Toronto, we're not going to be looking for another office in Toronto. That said, um, most of the major markets in the U.S., uh, we have offices. Uh, now, we start, we, we are always looking for secondary and tertiary markets. Same would go for Canada. But I would and Europe. Europe still has some holes in some of the bigger markets, but I would say my, my, um, I, if I had unlimited funds, I would really focus on Latin America and Asia. We have, wow. we have some great firms. Some have been around for a while. Some are newer. Um, mm. we just, but we're just starting to see that percolate. And it's, uh, it's interesting because some of that is me seeing firms at different conferences that I go to that could potentially join. But a lot of it is um, our firm saying, hey, I know a guy in South America or I know someone in Central America. Um, let me let me connect you. So uh, and and I would say if I also if I had unlimited funds, I would try to find some sort of product or service that would benefit the majority of our members that Corfac could pick up the cost of you know whether it was something we yeah. had to spend a hundred thousand dollars on a year or two hundred thousand dollars 
the only the only issue with something like that is, you know, if you're part of one of the bigger brokerage networks, you can tell your firms that, hey, we're we're purchasing this for you. You're going to use it. Our firms are our firms are independent, you know. So the challenge becomes if you found a product or service like that, how many firms are going to use it? So right. and is it money yeah. well spent? So sure. Anyway, yeah. maybe more okay. information than you wanted, but yeah, no, good answer. Good answer. Thank you. Um, awesome. So what can we see uh, from Corfac, uh, you know, looking forward to 2024, um, you know, into 2024? What can the members be excited about? So we developed a new strategic plan last year. And it had been several years since now we had we still used it, we still tweaked it, but we had never really done a deep dive and said, all right, it's time to redo this. So I'm excited yeah. to implement that. Uh, yeah. And actually at our conference in a few weeks, we're going to take different parts of that plan and present it to our different committees and say, okay, what do you want to accomplish over the next few years? And I always encourage right. our members and our leadership, you know, focus on a few things, because if you try to focus mm -hmm. on too many, you're never going to get them all done. So, mm -hmm. you know, what is it? You want to grow the membership by 10%? You know, do you want to um, do... 10% more deals in the network. What is it? So that, that I'm excited about. Um, the other thing I'm really excited about is we're seeing a, a lot of growth with our next gen members and we define next gen as 35 and under and seven years or less in the business. So there's been a lot of focus on them. We're seeing more and more of them coming to our conferences on zoom calls and our members, our leadership realized that, you know, especially the ones that have been around for a while and own the companies that they got to get them involved. They got to give them a hook yeah. to, right. to want to stay with their company. So there's been, there's been a lot of focus on that. Um, I think I mentioned earlier that we have a presence at a number of trade shows, one of them being ICSC. We go to the SIOR and CCIM shows. I don't know whether you're familiar with um, Expo Real in Munich. It's a big yeah. conference. Uh, our, our international folks attend that. But we're going to start looking at some different trade shows um, uh, where we can have a presence. And, uh, mm. you know, we think we've done a good job at the ones that are more broker focused. But now we're, we're kind of leaning towards, okay, how can we... Uh, how can we have a little more influence in the um, with those like asset managers and right. facility managers yep. and um, you know because a lot of those firms often go to the big for the big brokerage houses because it's the safe choice um, and we're trying to send the message that you know Corfac is the uh, little engine that could so to speak and we can provide every bit as good of services as as the bigger shops. Yeah. Amazing. Very cool. Great. And my, my last question for you, um, if you could recommend any book uh, to, you know, those in the real estate industry, what book would that be? So you probably expected me to say, you know, some, some book in real estate by some well-known right. author. Well, yeah. I, I do read those books occasionally, uh, but I haven't read one in a while. A lot of my knowledge about the industry comes through articles that I read every day online or, yeah. um, 
uh, through social media, et cetera. I, I like to bounce between sports books and historical books and fiction. And I'm just about finished reading Season on the Brink, which for those of you who don't know, was a book about Bobby Knight and his 1985 season uh, at Indiana University. And, and the reason I read it, I wanted to read, I'd always wanted to read it. And I've got two kids that went to Indiana and he passed away recently. And I just, it's a fascinating story. I, I certainly wouldn't yeah. sit here and say I, I emulate his leadership style because uh, <laughs> I think everybody who knows sports, sports a little bit uh, would say, yeah, I don't go there. But it, it's just a fascinating look at, you know, the, the, him providing the inside for an entire season to this this writer. And um, I think the next year they won the national championship, which was his last one. Oh, wow. So it was a year, I yeah. think it was 80. This took place in 85. Uh, I think they won in 86. But um, okay. yeah, it it's just, it's a fascinating story about the ups and downs of a team how his yeah. leadership style actually changed as mm. you know, it, it was the, at the beginning, it was the, cause they came off of uh, not a good season the season before okay. and he was, but as the, but as the season went on, how he changed and he mellowed a little bit, wasn't yelling at the players as much. And yeah. anyway, so again, yeah. probably more information than you wanted, but it's, it's a good read. Sounds very good. I mean, as you as we were talking earlier, I'm a I'm a big basketball fan. Um, I saw behind your shoulder you have a signed basketball by Bobby Knight, um, and uh, yeah, he he's uh, he's definitely a, a an amazing figure in the basketball industry, and you know, known for his temper. But I think that kind of overshadows his true ability to coach and lead, um, and which is unfortunate uh, that it's kind of taken away from from you know the quality the good quality coach that he was. Um, but what, um, what kind of leadership skills beyond his anger, uh, would you, would you say really, really helped him lead that team? I think towards the end, he, you know, some players just didn't take his style well and yeah. they couldn't get past that because, you know, they, he, he was always beaten up on him, but some just mm -hmm. knew what they were getting as, as I think the book, yeah. I think as the, the author referred to it as BK theater. So some of the players would know, you know, yeah, here we go again. So for those players right. that kind of let it roll off their shoulders, um, I think, I, I think it, uh, it worked, but like I said, it's, uh, as the season went on, he started to mellow and he started to, kind of almost uh, use a different leadership style for different players, knowing who could take what, but you, but yeah. you're absolutely right. He, I, I was telling you this, Jared, before we came on is uh, when I was with CCIM, we had Bobby Knight speak at a conference. And one of the biggest thrills of my life was being able to sit down with him for an hour, one-on-one -on -one, as he signed basketballs and we just talked basketball and, Chicago yeah. high school basketball. And, and it, as you read the book, the author would say the same thing that most people did not see that side of Bobby Knight, just a good guy. And if you were a friend, he would fall on his sword for you. Um, yeah. but if you turned on him and didn't support him, yeah, you weren't, you weren't going to be his friend. So, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank, thanks for sharing that. I, I think I actually have it on my shelf. Um, haven't, haven't broken into it. So I, I may, you've inspired me. I'm going to have to do, do so. Um, but Hey, Jonathan, thank you so much for, for coming on. Um, there's so much value there. Um, where can people find Corfac or find yourself? Uh, what's the best place to connect with you? Uh, I mean, if you want the website, it's Corfac.com. If you want to reach out to me, it's just Jonathan at corfac.com okay um and and you're on linkedin too i I, I see on there i am on linkedin yeah so feel free to reach out if you have any questions in general if anybody might be interested in using corfac firms around the world to do business with or even if you're interested in perhaps joining our network be happy to talk yeah wonderful thank you so much jonathan i appreciate it thanks jared